It's time for In the Know with the fine folks at Nueces County AgriLife Extension, your source for great information and education in your home county. Now sit back and relax and enjoy. Here's your host, Kevin Gibbs and Norma Munoz. episode of In the Know. Our guest this morning is Kim Ogden. Kim is the Education Coordinator with the Coastal Bend Bays and Estuaries Program. Welcome Kim. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. It's great to see you this morning. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Kim. Well, I have lived on the coast of the Gulf of Mexico the majority of my life. Most of that has been here in Corpus Christi. I was born in Plaquemines Parish, Louisiana, lived in New Orleans, lived in Mobile, Alabama, some inland places as well, but most of it has been um, spending my life on the Gulf Coast. So what is Coastal Bend Bays and Estuaries? The Coastal Bend Bays and Estuaries program is a really interesting partnership. It is one of only a handful of national estuary programs in the United States. It's a collaborative program that includes interests from industry, from private citizens, educational institutions, scientific entities, and so forth. They all came together years ago and said, hey, we need to protect the resources that relate to the basin estuaries of the Coastal Bend. Much of what we are, you can actually find in the name. Coastal Bend Basin Estuaries Program focuses on the natural resources in the coastal bend of Texas, which the north end begins in the McMullen, Live Oak, B, Refugio County at the north end, those counties. And then at the south end, it extends down to Brooks Kennedy County region. And so if you look on a map, that bend in the Texas coastline is encompassed by all that, that area and we serve that 12 county area. The other part of our name, the Bays and Estuaries Program, means that we are focused on the ecosystems, the resources, the human interests, and those things that are part of bays and estuaries, which are really, really important to our economy, to our ways of living, and even our health, and so forth. Good to know all of that. Um, I know that, uh, that your um, organization is shaped around a series of plans. Can you tell us a little bit about the Coastal Bend Bays Plan? The Bays Plan comes together each year by bringing in community partners. There are, gosh, there are national, federal government interests, there are state interests, there are community partners who are governmental, municipal, and then there are um, industry partners, there are private citizens, groups who come together and say, hey, we see this issue, this problem, or something we want to protect, and they submit a proposal, and then there are some groups that review that proposal and, uh, and make sure that those um, projects are appropriate to our mission and find, you know, add that to our base plan. And then that gets uh, further submitted into how are we going to take action? What are our objectives going to be and how are we going to meet those? So the base plan is where we start our work. This is all great information, but Kim, can you discuss why our bays and estuaries are important? Oh, absolutely. I'm very passionate <laughs> on this topic. Waters are, it, most of the waters that we, that we see in the world, just if you look, you know, from your Google Earth, most of the waters are connected. They're interconnected. 
we also realize that a lot of the ecosystems are interconnected, whether we're talking about um, how plants function, how wildlife functions, how soils are protected so that we can have resources for other things. That all is interrelated to our waters and how they are healthy. Our waters themselves provide sustenance. They provide food for us. They provide jobs for us. Um, we are dependent. When you talk to young children and they have been studying science and you ask them, what do organisms need to live? One of the primary, first things they say, primary components is they need water. And so, and they learn about the water cycle. And we uh, want to protect those resources because we need them to sustain not only life on earth, but especially here in our community. It's, it's so important. And our, our bays and estuaries are basically the hatcheries of, of the fish that live in the oceans, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Estuaries are unique and natural environments, and we really would be remiss if we did not add in the importance of the protection that they add for us. They, the soils in an estuary habitats absorb a huge volume of water, precipitation, things that come in from tropical waves, hurricanes, and so forth that we experience here in South Texas in just a, in just a few acres. And so those habitats are critical to our safety and they're critical to, yes, the wildlife itself. And we love our sport fishing and our water sports. And so it's not just human uses, the habitats themselves need to be protected because they are just so critical. And if you think about the fact that an estuary is really the end point from one direction of a watershed, they are critically important to protect. They give us information about points way further up a watershed, up a river, of what's happening agriculturally, um, what's happening with our soils, what's happening in industry. We can find indicators of that in our estuary. So it's so important not only to protect them, but to continue to monitor them. This is all so interesting, I'm, I'm telling you. Well, we need to take a short break right now. We'll be back with more from our guest, Kim Ogden, after this update from Expanded Food and Nutrition. Hello, my name is Yvette Jacinto, and I am with the Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service Expanded Food and Nutrition Education Program, better known as FNEP. FNEP is a program that helps underserved families be able to better understand and nourish their families. We have youth education and we have adult education. In Nueces County, we have two youth educators and we have two adult educators. Our curriculum for the youth is called Healthy Heroes Adventures and our curriculum for the adults is called Healthy Bites, Healthy Moves. Each session lasts about an hour and we have six to eight lessons per each curriculum and we offer our classes via Zoom, via Teams, via online with pre-recorded virtual lessons and we offer face-to-face -face classes. So in these classes we will teach our participants about physical activity, healthy eating, menu planning, stretching the food dollar, knife safety, and various other topics. 
We have encouraging activities and fun door prizes, and we always are looking for new classes to start throughout the community, whether it be at schools, libraries, churches, places of employment, different work sites, or here at our office. And our office is located at 4639 Corona Drive, Suite 30. Please call us at 361-854-4112 if you would like to set up any classes with us. Thank you. Welcome back. We are here talking with Kim Ogden, Education Coordinator with Coastal Bend Bays and Estuaries Program. And so far we've got lots of good information, Kim. Um, earlier before the break, you discussed um, the Coastal Bend Bays plan. So does, two part question, does this plan just cover Nueces County and who benefits from the plan? Well, since we serve this 12 county region, this plan does not just cover Nueces County. When we look at the bays and estuaries, the ecosystems and habitats, they don't just stop at county lines. So we want to um, serve the interests of wildlife. We want to serve the in interests of organisms. We want to serve the interests of those systems. And then of course we want to serve the interests of the humans who use those systems. Lots of different entities have a stake in seeing our resources conserved and having a plan that's sustainable, having a plan that, that looks forward to maybe issues that might come up in the future. And so we, we invite, you can find this information on our website, cbdep.org. There's a tab, um, I think it's at the top of the screen, I'm not sure, but, but I would invite people, if you have a concern in your area, um, I believe it's early fall, is when you start having um, people present or submit proposals to say, hey, we've got an issue that we're concerned about in this area, and this is what we think the solution might be, or we'd like to just put this out there and see if there's other people who are concerned about this as well, and maybe we could come to an agreement. Then there are basically what are like committees formed, and they meet for a while and really hash out what the best possible solution is based on data, based on information. So they are data-informed decisions, and that is really the best course of action because we are ultimately a scientific institution. And it's all interconnected. I mean, I, so I'm gathering that this is not just a local organization. So is, can you talk a little bit about the bigger picture, about the, the partnerships there? Well, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to. We are one of, as I mentioned earlier, one of uh, several um, national estuary programs in the United States. And as I mentioned earlier, water, the majority of our water is interconnected. So what happens in the Gulf of Mexico affects our coastline. What happens up in our river shed, you know, our river watersheds affects, um, affects what happens down here. And then, of course, we have industry partners who have a vested interest not only in trying to balance out any effects of what they do and also, you know, to make sure they have water needs met, but the people they hire and attract to come live here not only want to have great jobs, but they want to have a great place to live. And so um, they have interest in making sure that our waterways are healthy. We have people who 
live near the water and they want to make sure that shorelines are healthy. We have uh, federally funded partners like the uh, Environmental Protection Agency want to make sure that not only are we doing what we need to do to protect things, but also they, they lend some accountability to what we do. And we check in with them and they check on us and make sure we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. TCEQ, the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality, we have a working relationship and even um, some of our projects are funded and overseen by them. We have municipal partners as well. So even some local government partners, because if it's going to benefit them, we want them to have a say in what we do. Um, private citizens groups and other nonprofits, some uh, land trusts and things um, also have uh, very important interests in what we do and how we do it. That is great. Um, it's it's good to see that total, um, I guess, participation and um, inclusion. But And you've shared with us about some of your um, partners, but can you tell us a little bit more about some of your other community partners? Um, sure. So we, um, we partner, sometimes we collaborate with some scientific entities um, in the area, uh, the UT Marine Science Institute. We may, um, there, there is actually a Bayes Council um, that informs a lot of what we do. There's accountability there and we have common interests. Um, we have, there are other preserves in the area. There are um, the Heart Research Institute. You know, they have some great information and interests. We have um, so many communications we do with like the, the wildlife um, reserves. So we are working at times with the Arrangements Wildlife Reserve and projects there to, to bolster their shorelines. You know, particularly after Harvey, we had all kinds of interests all up and down this area to um, to protect and also to to refresh and to rebuild some shoreline protections. Sounds like you guys are really busy. We are. So, so uh, tell us about some of the different projects that Coastal Bend Bay's Nestory supports. Absolutely. Well, first off, we have some ongoing projects that are a big part of what we do. And sometimes some of these smaller projects or certain aspects of projects fall in line with those. And then there are some projects that last for a year, last for a few years until they are completed. So it runs uh, a full um, continuum of size of projects and size of impact of projects. So our ongoing projects one that um, is you probably have heard about that's that's really great and does a lot of good work all the way down to the you know to the bottom edge of our region is the coastal bird program. We have uh, several bird biologists on staff full time who are conducting research, who are protecting nesting sites of some threatened and endangered species that migrate through here. They collect enormous and amounts of data and then they take that information and turn it into something that the rest of us can understand and use. And then decisions are made based on that information and, and they do such wonderful work um, monitoring that. We also have an education program of which I am part. Our education program lets not only the public know what we're doing and what's going on and you know informs them about the resources around them but also we work with schools and we wanna make sure that as our programs are TICS aligned, 
um, that students are aware and they, they grow up into um, informed citizens. Whether they become scientists or not, they are still voters and they are still um, users of our resources and they have a stake in what we do. And it is important to have them grow up informed about best practices. And then of course we have a land conservation program that's an ongoing program. Our land conservation staff is small but mighty. And a lot of what they do is actually acquire land for the purpose of conserving it. Although they will consult with landowners to improve their conservation practices. One of our um, pride and joy acquisitions is the Nueces Delta Preserve, which is over 11,000 contiguous acres of preserve. We use about I don't know, somewhere between 12 and 15% of that, depending on how big the preserve has gotten for education purposes. The majority of that land exists to provide habitat for wildlife, easement for our estuaries. Um, it is, um, it's a really special place. There's a lot of different habitats within there. You have your riparian area because of course the Nueces River comes down one side of it. Another border is Nueces Bay. And then of course we have some upland scrub brush areas. It's amazing when you just either go up or down just a few feet how the vegetation changes and the soil quality changes, which of course affects the water quality. And we can study all those things there. We do have scientists who come out and monitor. We have um, sometimes even some of our mitigation projects, which is a project that is to balance out maybe some, I don't want to, some impact from say a utility company needs to put a substation somewhere and they have to clear land to do that. And we need our utilities to live and our industry does too. So they might come to us and say, hey, you have a parcel of land on that property and we could take what was growing in this area that's similar where we're putting the substation and we could plant that native uh, vegetation there and, um, and balance out that impact. So we have all kinds of things going on out there. So where is the Delta Preserve? When you are going north, on I-37, if you're coming from Corpus Christi, when you look out over the Nueces County... So where is the Delta Preserve? When you are headed north on I-37, coming from Corpus Christi, and you are going over the Nueces River Bridge, if you look out to your right, you will see the sign. You have already started passing that property without even knowing it. It extends so far down, you know, from what is up abutting Odom and really going into the San Pat County area all the way down to Nueces Bay, like I said earlier. So that's probably the most obvious visual point that most people encounter. Our entrance is actually on 77 going towards Odom. When we have school trips come or we have our public outreach days or our story time, that is the entrance people come to, and um, registration for those events is on our website, noasisdeltapreserve.org. If you can't remember that, you can still find us through the CBBEP website. But um, we, we have just such an um, amazing location. I was a classroom educator before I came into this career switch. And so now this 11,000 plus acres is my classroom. <laughs> It's very exciting and um, it's beautiful. It's wonderful. 
it's ever-changing, which is what estuaries, you know, should be when they're healthy, is dynamic. Great information, Kim, and I'm going to ask you to repeat those two websites. You've, you've provided us with a wealth of information and lots of exciting um, information as well. So can you repeat the two websites for us where individuals can go and find more information or um, participate possibly? Absolutely. So first, our main website of our program is www.cbbep.org because we are a nonprofit. And specifically for access or information or registration for the Nueces Delta Preserve outreach and activities is www.nuecesdeltapreserve.org. Thank you so much. So um, thanks to all of y'all for joining us for this episode of In the Know. As we leave you today, here is an update from Ag and Natural Resources. Have a great week and we'll see you next time. This is Jason Ott, County Extension Agent for Agriculture and Natural Resources. And New Aces County has a rich history of ag production, uh, especially in the area of, of row crop production, where we grow approximately 300,000 acres of, of row crop. Uh, we uh, typically grow about 150,000 acres of, of cotton and uh, about 110, 120,000 acres of grain sorghum. And then the balance of, of our, our crop production is in corn and a little bit of wheat. Uh, we also grow some, some minor acreage of uh, sesame and uh, sunflowers. Uh, however, our, our dominant crop is uh, going to be cotton, uh, where we typically rank about fourth in the, in the state in, in counties uh, in cotton production. We also rank about sixth in the nation. Uh, in grain sorghum, we're typically in the top uh, one or, or two counties in the nation uh, in um, the amount of grain sorghum that we produce. Uh, this year uh, it has been a, a challenging year for agricultural producers. Uh, we've uh, gone from one extreme to the other in terms of moisture where we've had periods of, of time during the growing season where uh, we were in, in drought conditions uh, and then uh, periods of time where we had uh, abundance of, of moisture uh, that we had to deal with uh, to the point that it caused some, some yield reductions and uh, some, some quality issues uh, in, in our, our crops, especially our grain sorghum where we saw a significant amount of kernel damage and uh, some, some uh, yield that, that was reduced uh, just from uh, seed falling out of, of the, the, the heads. Um, but all said, uh, it appears that we're going to have a, about a, a typical uh, average uh, for our uh, our grain crop, uh, somewhere between the four to, to five thousand uh, pound uh, per acre uh, range appears to be what what's fairly commonly reported ac across the the county. Uh, as far as our corn yields, uh, they were widely varying, anywhere from as low as, as fifty to sixty bushels uh, to as as great as as one hundred and twenty uh, bushels. 
bushels or so. Uh, cotton harvest has, has been a, a big challenge for growers as well with the rain delays. Uh, our harvest actually began on July 19th where we had a, a grower uh, come in and, and harvest some cotton early. Uh, they actually were able to claim the honor of being the uh, first cotton bale produced in the nation this year. And so that's uh, pretty unique. Uh, for the last 60 years, the Rio Grande Valley has, has taken the honor of being able to produce the, the first cotton bale in, in the nation. Uh, but this year that honor goes to, to New Aces County. So we want to congratulate those, those producers for, for being uh, able to do that. Um, Agriculture in the, the coastal bend is very important, especially cotton, where uh, it's uh, valued at $143 million uh, uh, of production each year. Uh, we want to remind everybody that we have our fall CEU conference coming up on October the 14th, and that'll be a great opportunity to uh, receive continuous education uh, units uh, for those that have pesticide licenses and, and would like to receive those. Thank you. been listening to In the Know with New Aces County Extension. Thank you for spending a little time with us today and we hope that you join us again soon. You can catch us on Spotify, Google Podcast, or by going to our website newasis.agrilife.org. While there you can also take a look at upcoming Texas A&M AgriLife events. Again, thanks and have a great day. <music>